Good morning, fashion friends, and welcome to Fashion Friday. All right, well, here we are, midsummer, heading towards end of the summer. And, um, you know, what's on anyone's mind in the fashion industry is fashion week. (laughs) What's on my mind is fall fashion. I know, I know. Don't rush it. Don't rush it. Um, I am enjoying the warm weather. However, I can't help during this heat wave we've been having here in the lovely Northeast. Can't help but think about layering and chunky knits. Not as it, not as in I want to wear that now. It's I can't wait to get to that. So, um, but I'm not rushing it because I know after the fall comes the cold, <laughs> the really cold and the puffer jackets. So having said that, I have been thinking about it and talking about it with a few of my colleagues. And, um, you know, we're talking about really the industry. So I wanted to share a bit of that conversation with you that I had um, with a few friends of mine, a few peers and um, and a few colleagues. And, you know, just thinking about what will the fashion week look like? It's quickly becoming digital. So we've already seen this. It's already happened in Paris. So we've already seen fashion shows that have become digital. We started to see a little bit of this integrated over the past season or two. um, But it was more of a function of brands trying something new and trying to become um, maybe more sustainable or maybe it was just trying to, maybe it was just at the end of the day, trying to save costs. Um, so we did see a little bit of that. Now, I think it's going to become a function of survival. So, um, you know, since most of the major events in the fashion world have been canceled. So the Met Gala, as we know, canceled. The CFDA Awards, which are also really big events in the fashion world, canceled. Con Film Festival canceled, and so on. And lots of fashion shows canceled. So we are coming up on another big time in the fashion world in September, which is Fashion Month. And um, it kicks off always in New York. The fashion train moves on to London and Milan and Paris. So um, just thinking about that, like I said, Paris has already has already done this. And it wasn't a big, well, I guess it depends on what you consider success. It didn't go over that well with critics. Um, but I think, you know, as time goes on, like anything else, it'll sort of get better and better. Um, so I think most of Fashion Week is going to be a digital format for spring 2021, which is what we will see in September. We'll be looking at spring 2021. Um, I think, well, first of all, Fashion Week in Japan and Moscow were sort of the first to explore the digital options. So we can kind of look to them or look to that for um you know, what has worked and what hasn't, you know, but I think at the end of the day, so a couple of things will happen. And this is what my friends and I were talking about. Um, One, this is really a chance, an opportunity for fashion brands and designers to sort of take a break and literally take a break, but really rethink and rework how the brand can become more efficient. And you know, digital, becoming digital means it allows everyone to sort of experience and see the designer's dreams all together. It kind of levels the playing field, basically. So it's no longer exclusivity, um, meaning, you know, you have to be someone of from something to get into a fashion show. And that's always how it's been. It's always been elitist, for sure. No question. Um, so, you know, and I think that was it intentional. No, I mean, think about the nature of it, where fashion shows started. They started 
in the very beginning, the trunk shows and small fashion shows were done by designers to um, reach their customer who was this affluent customer that was buying full-blown wardrobes every season. So they would kind of present them with a little mini fashion show, and then they would buy things. That then eventually morphed into full-blown fashion weeks where it was not just the customer, but it was more about buyers buying for stores, editors, and um, all people in the fashion industry, editors choosing things to put in the pages of their magazine to then sell for, you know, for that brand. So it became a really big, big animal with all different moving parts. And um, then you would have celebrities were invited. Yes, because they can afford it. And even if they can't afford it, they were often gifted uh, clothing because they could then in turn sell and make money for this brand. Whatever they were wearing, people will want. It then extended further on in the last decade to influencers and bloggers as we know them. So um, basically just people that could influence the rest of the of the world that does not get to go to these shows. So basically digital obviously kind of levels the playing ground. So so it takes away from that and which is fine and it makes it kind of everyone can now see it all together, which is a great thing. Um, and hey, even better yet, I'm sure brands will this is a huge cost they're saving. Um, will it be effective? Will it be as good as being there physically seeing and touching and videoing and photographing? I don't know. I guess it will depend on how this is all executed. Um, so we'll see about all of that. But, um, you know, I think that the fact that it allows everyone to experience, uh, you know, things digitally and it allows more, um, things to become it allows everyone to see it at once and at the same time and um suddenly it becomes more attainable so we shall see what will happen um but i think you know this shift may allow for more for a more sustainable platform and a sort of a slower fashion cycle it may happen i think it will i think it's kind of inevitable um, because as we have just seen in the past few months, things have been shut down. Now, hopefully that's not the reason why it's a slower fashion cycle. We don't want brands and factories and people to be out of work and think to be shut down. But, you know, if going forward, we have to do it in a different way to be safer and smarter and then in turn more cost effective. Hey, yeah, let's, that's great. Um, you know, my hat's off to, to what has come. And again, I've been talking about this for a couple of months now since the pandemic has been upon us, um, I've just been talking about finding the silver linings and finding all the positives that have come out of a huge negative. And, you know, finding it, you you have it, each one of us have positives that have come out of this, this unfortunate circumstance that we've all have been put in. So um, there's actually many. So you have to, if you don't have, you got to kind of look and say, oh, well, this may not have happened if I weren't staying at home. Um, you know, I may not have realized how I can be more efficient, how I can spend more time with my family, how I can spend um, more efficient time at the office or at your place of work. Or, you know, I now have a better balance in my life, therefore less stress and so on. I mean, the list goes on. So you've got to find your silver lining. And I think for the fashion world, the silver lining is going to be that um, it could definitely allow for a more sustainable flat platform 
and a, you know, maybe a slower fashion cycle. Maybe then that's good for us because, you know, things, you know, coming and going, coming and going. It's constant turnover, turnover. We always say this. It's like the saying, uh, the Heidi Klum quote, right? From, um, what was the show? Uh, Project Runway. You know, you're either in or you're out. And that is literally how it is in, in the fashion world. You're in or you're out. That's it. You know, and it's like you're gone with yesterday's paper. So um, maybe this will slow things down and then allow for us to kind of, it's not so well, you know, oh, that's so last year. So last year, what's wrong with that? <laughs> what's wrong with that? So last year, you know, we should be still wearing last year's fashions. Absolutely. Um, and again and again and again and the year before and the year before. And although I'm all for new things each season because that's that makes me happy. Um, there has to be a better balance. You know, there has to be um, a better balance. Obviously, we can get there. So we shall see. Listen, I have to say, I'm a fan of everything going sort of full circle. I'm a fan of let's bring back the fashion magazines that are a dying animal. Um, you know, so, and, and I understand why print has gone away. I get it and why it's all digital. But I am old school when it comes to getting my inspiration and doing mood boards and constantly like tears out of magazines. I can remember... Um, being a in in the management section of managing a team of stylists basically and you know working for a big company and i would maybe every two or three weeks when we had to kind of brainstorm about what we were going to put into the windows and not just what fashion, you know, we had a little bit of direction. Yes. Uh, you know what the feel was, but you know, we would talk about the props and the colors and the textures and the fashion and the mannequins or the dress forms and the whole overall look. The first thing we would do was brainstorm and I would, you know, have my team sit down and take whatever it was, 30 minutes, um, to go through fashion magazines. And I would actually go to the bookstore and buy a bunch of fashion magazines out of my own pocket and hand them out and say, you know, rotate them, look through it, pull out what inspires you. And every team member of mine, I was a small team, but every team member had to make their own fashion board. So their own mood board of what inspires them sort of under the umbrella of whatever the theme was. If it was spring fashion, it was holiday gift giving, whatever it may be, they would do that. And Everyone loved it. I mean, I can remember everyone really loved it. I still love that. I still love just flipping through a glossy magazine. Um, and again, I get why we have gone away from that. I understand how much money and time and effort goes into that. But, you know, can we do something smaller? You know, I don't think Vogue September issue needs to be bigger and better every year. By the way, it's packed with, you know, I would love to know the breakdown. I want to say, gosh, it's probably got to be 75% advertising. And advertisement, that's great for brands. Again, I get that too. But, you know, maybe it's a little less. Maybe there's smaller, less editions of magazines. So do we need one every month? I mean, yeah, me personally, <laughs> I like a good fashion magazine every month, um, as well as gardening, as well as architecture. Um, but, you know, if they were smaller, compact magazines and they were, you know, every couple of months, quarterly, or maybe the same size, but you kind of pack it. Maybe, I don't know. I'm, I'm just guessing on kind of the way to go full circle. Does everything have to be digital? I don't like, which is like, I don't like reading a book online. Uh, okay, I know those of you are thinking, well, you're saving lots of trees, Tina, and it's more effective and efficient. I know, I know. 
but I really love books and I hold on to books and I save books as a part of, you know, who I am. I always say, if you want to know who someone is, take a look at their bookcase in their home and just look at the books they have. That tells a lot about a person. So for me, it's not just, you know, reading the book. It's, it's kind of becomes part of my decor. It's part of my artwork in my home. And uh, I've gone back many times of many different books to reread it or look up something. So I think it's the same with magazines. I think we could do it. I would love to see that happen. Um, And anyway, nonetheless, I think what is happening is when we return to, because we will, to um, fashion shows, However they become, whether they're digital or partially digital or only digital for a short time or some sort of integration of that, I think it will be a different reality. No, I don't think we will be staying at home forever. Um, but I think when we can gather, it will certainly be different and it will be hopefully better. Um, so who knows? I'd like to talk to a buyer. I'd like to, you know, because think about this, not just think about us here looking at it for inspiration and, oh, what's going to be the up and coming trend? What am I going to buy? Think about the more practical, uh, avenue of this from a buyer's perspective they are there to really see it and touch it and photograph it you know and really look i mean they may sit in a fashion show but often they'll go back behind stage and go up close and personal and talk to the designer what was their vision and they're actually looking at the clothing they also then have buying appointments afterwards. So they're going to the showrooms and kind of, you know, again, looking at the collection that they just viewed on the runway, but now they're seeing it in sort of a different space where they can take their time, go through things, figure out a buy order, hopefully. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, this is all a really big, important job and a big, important part of the fashion industry. Because if the buyers aren't there to see things and touch them and, you know, talk to designers and brands about the collections and place orders, there will be nothing in the stores for us to buy. So, and, you know, nothing online for us to buy. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm curious to see what will happen with Fashion Week come September. You know I will be reporting on it. Um, I I could probably guess I personally won't be going to any fashion shows. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll kind of see. I've been really taking things week by week with both professional and my personal life. So I guess we'll wait and see. We'll see how I feel, how, um, you know, if things are happening. I, right now it looks like no. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't be going to as many events as I usually do if I, if, if I went to something um, it may be just a couple of uh, special brands that are near and dear to my heart that I support and work with and wear and or my clients wear. So it might be something like that. I don't know. So we'll see. Stay tuned. I will certainly be covering all of that in, gosh, I guess about a month and a half now. Maybe, yeah, less than, um, gosh, where are we? We're already almost there. So yeah, in about another less than a month and a half, a month and a, and a week or two. Fashion Week will be here. <laughs> all right. So having said all that, you know what? We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to break down style by the decades, the trends that are now trending. So we're going to specifically 80s, 90s. You won't want to miss this. Stay with us on 1490 WGCH. 
Fashion Friday with Tina is brought to you by AdCorp Media Group, a full-service local advertising agency that offers a range of marketing, web, social media, and design services for local business owners. At AdCorp, they take your business personally because they know that you do. By learning everything there is to know about how to run your business, the value of your products and services, and who your target is, they'll create a personalized business plan to communicate your message to your audience. They offer logo and branding development, digital and web design, social media management, and more. Are you ready to grow your business? Call AdCorp Media Group now at 1-877-323-2677. Or visit them at adcorpmg.com. AdCorp Media Group. They'll take your business personally, as personally as you do. Welcome back to Fashion Friday. All right, so breaking down style by the decades, and why? Because everything that is old is new again, as we know. So let's talk about um, what's current right now. And it sounds, I almost feel funny saying this, like the 90s are now, (laughs) and it's 2020, Um, but it is. And so, you know, I always recommend or advise to, um, you know, when wearing something old, you've got to give it sort of a new twist. So you've got to breathe new life into it. So how do you do that? You do that first and foremost by wearing something that uh, personalizes it. So what is, and it doesn't mean wear your name or your initials on it. It just means um, make it yours, make it your own. That's one way. Another way is always being careful of the silhouette. So in order to not look like you're in a costume, so if you're mod, you love the 60s mod look, but you dress in head to toe, you know, you get things from a vintage store in your head to toe, you're going to look like, you know, you're an extra from Austin Powers movie. So you've got you want to avoid that. So mixing it in with current pieces and careful of the silhouettes. Um, and, you know, my first, my general rule of thumb is always just mix one or two pieces in and that's it. So maybe it's just a, you know, mod cut blazer, um, a 60s style blazer with a fun little 60s mod bag, a little handbag. And, you know, it's with skinny jeans and uh, a sandal or sneakers, um, something like that. So one to two pieces, that will keep it current. So let's dig in. The 90s are back in a very big way. They've been for a few seasons now. So I thought we could sort of talk about just a couple. I wanted to highlight just a few um, trends and talk about it. So first of all, what was big in the 90s that is big now? The whole matching skirt suit thing is huge. The whole matching suit thing is huge, whether it's pants or it's a skirt. But we're seeing more and more of uh, different variations of the skirt suit love, love, love this trend. Um, How is it slightly different? Well, it's not that little micro mini that, you know, if you remember, the first person that pops to mind is Heather Locklear, her character from Melrose Place. I don't know. What was her name? Amanda? I think it was Amanda. Um, You know, it was big and Melrose Place fan. She wore the power suits all the time. And there were these great classic cut jackets with like a teeny tiny little mini skirt, which became the micro skirt. So how to wear that now, obviously drop the hemline down. Maybe it's not so mini. Maybe it's an A-line skirt. Maybe it's a maxi skirt. Maybe it's a sort of a column skirt. So it kind of goes straight down and a little bit more bodycon and it is to your ankles, but it's form fitting with a matching blazer. 
Um, that's how you could wear it now. Why do I love this? It's just, to me, a suit is so refined and polished, whether it's on a guy or a girl. I love a suit. On top of that, you really can have fun with it. It, 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 it. The range, the gamut is really from, you know, board of directors, Wall Street hedge fund guy, you know, going into a meeting in a uh, dark gray or dark black suit, very formal, traditional, all the way to a, you know, short, a, a suit that's shorts and a jacket or skirt and a hot pink. Um, and whoever is wearing that, you know, um, so and everything in between, you really can have fun with color and print and texture in a suit form. So um, that's why I just love a good suit. Get yourself a good suit. And, I, and then again, it's you get so much more bang for your butt buck because you can wear it as separate. So I always say I'm a jeans t-shirt blazer kind of gal. Always. That is my comfort zone. That's my go-to look. I love a structured blazer. It makes me feel pulled together, yet I'm relaxed if I've got jeans and a t-shirt on. I feel like I am game for anything and I really could, you know, dress that up or dress that down. The only thing I wouldn't do is obviously a formal event in it pretty much everything else. Semi-formal, maybe. Maybe if I had black jeans on, you know, maybe. But the point is, it really is pretty versatile. Um, Another look from this time is, think of Madonna now, bustier top with wide baggy trousers. So I love this. This is very current as well. And we're seeing this a lot in a different form. The form being the whole bodysuit with jeans. We're seeing a lot of that. A lot of millennials wear that. Um, I have several bodysuits myself that I do wear with jeans. But here's how you're going to do it now. You don't, it doesn't literally have to be a bustier. Um, I know very few, you know, gals that could pull this off and should pull this off. Meaning I know, you know, a few gals that are maybe 20 something that could do this. Um, so for me, it's more of the bustier silhouette. So it's something that's very form fitting and very kind of cuts in, gives you that curvy look. Um, it doesn't look like it's, it's lingerie. It could be the silhouette, you know, a form fitting bodysuit with a baggier trouser. Maybe it's something with pleats. Maybe it's just a wide leg trouser. So it's that idea you've taken and um, kind of made it modern day. Basically, at the end of the day, I think the 90s were um, doing the 90s now is about the balance of proportions. So um, you've got to think about that. And um, as long as you know that not everything is oversized or everything is shrunken, you've got to kind of mix it in. I think it's, I love bringing back some of these little um, 90s inspired things, jewelry, you know, or jewelry was very minimal because the 80s, it was very maximal. (laughs) It was very maximum. It was huge. It was big and chunky and almost gaudy, um, which leads me to the next bit, which is the 80s. So, let's talk about that. So 80s, you know, think about this. This, what made the 80s fashion iconic? Extreme hair, extreme makeup, extreme proportions. So think shoulder pads, you know, dresses and blazers with shoulder pads. Think Alexis Carrington from Dynasty. Um, But there were also lots of other trends that I think we could certainly take from. There are actually a lot in the 90s or the 80s, a lot more in the 80s than in the 90s, because the 80s, we kind of went the other extreme to the minimal side. The 80s were about big, big and bigger. And if you remember, it was not just the extreme shoulder pads and the glamour, but it was also a lot of classic American sportswear. 
um, a lot of country club prep. We were seeing um, oversized, so so oversized blazers, um, the blazer dress. Think about that. That is back. We're seeing a lot of that. Um, And I'm loving these pieces. I'm loving an oversized blazer, aka the boyfriend blazer, they now call it. Um, Loving that again keep in mind the proportions. So a skinny jean, a fitted skirt, maybe an A-line skirt with a, with an oversized blazer. We don't want to do oversized and oversized. Then you're going to look like, you know, you're wearing someone else's clothing. Um, another thing I'm loving, colored leather. So this is great. I mean, there's a big trend now for very earth-toned, monochromatic clothing. I love it. But you know me, I love a good pop of color. So maybe to change it up this season, you're still doing that head-to-toe monochromatic look, but you pop a little color, colored oh, colored leather jacket. <laughs> Say that fast 10 times. Um, maybe you pop that over your shoulders and, you know, it updates your look from the, you know, earth tone or the monochromatic look. Uh, what else do I have? Oh, puff sleeves. Love this one. So puff sleeves, it was the the prom dress, the wedding dress, the taffeta dress, puff sleeves from the 80s. Fast forward to 2020, and it's just a little cotton top. And you're pairing it with culottes for the summer, jeans, leather pants for the winter. Maybe it's a sweater come the fall. And suddenly it's updated, but it's a little puff sleeve. It doesn't have to be huge. It's maybe just a nod to the trend. And then, of course, my favorite, old school denim. So, yes, acid watch acid wash, which by the way, I never thought I would be talking about acid wash again. Um, don't know if I'll get on that trend though. Not sure. It's for me, it's a little like the tie dye trend. I'm like, eh, I don't know. Proceed with caution. Uh, for me, you've got to pay attention to again, silhouettes. So acid wash could easily look dated. So pay attention to the cut of whatever it is, if it's a jacket or if it's jeans. And then again, what are you pairing it with? So I think that's important to keep it sort of current and, um, you know, just think about current classic, uh, silhouettes like wide leg trousers an A-line skirt, a beautiful wrap dress, and then maybe it's an acid wash denim jacket or, um, trousers. I think you've got to think about that and to, to really keep it current and mind your accessories. So either no accessory at all, or maybe one or two. I wouldn't do a lot because again, that could, accessories could really make or break an outfit. And with something like a trend from the eighties, yeah, that could definitely go the wrong way quickly. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so those are some of the things that I pulled out that I highlighted. I was thinking about the eighties and nineties trends that are definitely back this season and we're seeing them rolling into the fall as well. So, um, yeah, have fun with it. My suggestion is have fun with it. Try something new, try one thing. Um, and maybe you're digging deep into your closet. Maybe you're digging into your mom's closet or your grandmom's closet. And, you know, they've got something like this that you can really love and you can embrace and have fun with it and, um, and try. You know, again, I always say shop your closet. That's the best place to shop, right? Or, hey, even better, shop someone else's closet, <laughs> a friend, a sister, whatever it is. Um, and most importantly, you've got to have fun with it all. And having, speaking of having fun with it all, I just want to remind you to, if you're not following me on social media, here's my shameless plug, please do. I do incorporate some of these trends into my own way. So hopefully giving you some inspiration and it is at wardrobe envy on Instagram. It's wardrobe underscore envy, E-N-V-Y. And I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. 
and also on TikTok. That's my newest venture. Um, I am currently on there, but I will be uploading a lot more fun content, uh, fashion content related. So I may do something with this decades thing. So check, be sure and check that out. Thanks for joining me. Join me next week on 1490 WGCH. Oh, oh, oh.